Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and His precious Son, Jesus Christ. Welcome back to our Thursday evening Bible study. I hope everyone is well. And I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time out uh, to, and, and we, that we may study the Word of God. Well, let's get right into it. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, and we'll be starting to verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Jesus had just told his disciples in the previous chapter that the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest. What Jesus did himself, he is now about to give the disciples the same power to do as well. Here he was about to select 12 to do just that. Verse 2 says, now the names of the 12 apostles were, are these. The first Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Lebius, whose surname was Theatus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. But before Jesus sent them out, he gave them good instructions. He gave them the pros and cons of what to expect and do. They were being sent out with the same power and authority they witnessed Jesus with. So let's look at his instructions. Verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. But go rather to those to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Ezekiel 34 and 16 said, I will seek that which was lost, and bring again that which was driven away, and will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. Even though he came unto his own and his own received him not, he ministered unto his own first. It is no different than we would give to our own before we gave to someone else. In fact, it tells us to do good to all, especially to the household of faith. Verse 7 said, and as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. In other words, what Jesus started on the mount and what he did after he left, do as well. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor scrip for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes 
nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Don't take extra items traveling. Travel light. If the children of Israel's clothes did not wear out for 40 years, the journey the disciples had would not wear out either. And if they needed something, it could be provided by those they met and greeted. It says the workman is worthy of his meat. They were to accept proper supply for their needs, for those who were benefited. They were not to make bargain and sales of the power of working miracles, but they were to expect suitable support from the preaching of the gospel. Verse 11 said, and into whatever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy and there abide till you go thence. Those who are worthy, those who will show you hospitality and treat you kindly, this is where you should abide. A preacher of the gospel should be careful of his reputation and where he stays. It should only be with those who are willing to serve. Verse 12 says, and when you come into a house, salute it. Salute is to greet or honor it. You should never enter a house without wishing it good or leave it without making an effort to make it better. This is why it is so important and be careful who you lodge with. And if the house be worthy let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. The ministry of the apostles carried out was different than what evangelists do today. The apostles went from house to house. While Jesus was here, churches had not been established yet. In verse 14, it says, And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of, of your feet. So today, if you are given an opportunity to share God's word, if it is at someone's house, if it is someone's church, wherever it is that you may be invited, if you are sharing the truth of the gospel or the kingdom and they don't receive it, Leave and let it be. Because you see, in verse 15, it says, Verily I say unto you, if it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Listen to the type of people they were in present of and the, and the type of people we face now. Jesus said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Just like they met difficulties, dangers, and discouragements, so will we. The enemy of the Gospels are trying to devour and destroy the ministry of Christ as wolves try to devour sheep. It also says, But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you, which means whip you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, 
for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Just as they were being brought up before authority then, the time will come for us. Just as they were martyred and killed, our time will come when we will be persecuted for his namesake. We have not seen this type of persecution of the church yet. We have not yet resisted under blood. Verse 19 says, but when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. The apostles had to totally rely on the spirit of God. They didn't have the written word yet. We have the word and we should have it in our hearts. The time may come when we too must rely on what is hidden in our hearts, what we should speak and do. Verse 20 says, for it is not you that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. Remember, the scriptures we have already we have already tells us to study to show ourselves approved under God. We are already being encouraged to stir up the gift that is in us and told in the scriptures. He that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But know what they say and mean. 21 says, and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death and the father, the child and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Jesus goes on to talk about the world's hatred against the gospel and the preachers of it. If you think about it, if our sufferings for Christ ends not in our lifetime, they will end with our lives. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man become. Christ allowed his ministers then the freedom to leave if they were not received in a time of persecution. So they may preserve their lives for future service. Remember, the harvest was plenteous, but the laborers were few. If you are not received, it does not mean quit. The disciples is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Are we greater? Are we holier or wiser than Christ? Then why should we expect better treatment than him? Why do we think the disciples can get persecuted and we can't? Was Jesus hated? Were they hated? Was Jesus persecuted? Were they persecuted? Were they reviled? murdered for his teaching, then why would we expect anything less? It is enough in verse 25 for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? 
If all they do is call you a few names, count it all joy because it won't stay that way. Remember, they beat the disciples and told them not to preach in that name. Notice what it said. Don't preach in that name. Today, you can preach anything and do anything. But when it comes to the name of Jesus, you can't. Any kind of religion and belief is accepted. But the name of Jesus? No. So what makes you think the world is going to treat you special? Look at verse 26. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak you in light. And what you hear in the ear that preach you upon the housetop. Whatever God gives you, if you faithfully speak it, if you faithfully do it, it shall be known and will come to pass. The private instruction given while he was with them, they were to proclaim publicly on the housetop. The housetop then was a flat roof, which was a public place to speak. For us, the revelation that God has given through his word, speak it, share it, and don't hide it like the man with a talent. Verse 28 says, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Though tyrants rage and are cruel, do not fear them. Let us remember, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. For no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Verse 29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farling? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But they, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. If God took care of the smallest and least valuable birds, if God knows how much hair is on your head, if he knows if it is yours or not, if he knows what color it is or isn't, don't you realize the true value are to him? Fear you not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. We were created in his image and after his likeness. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Let's put it in these words. Whoever denies, disowns, or is ashamed of Christ, either in his person, in his gospel, they will with shame be disowned and eternally rejected by Christ on that dreadful judgment day. Think not that I come to send peace on earth, I came not to send peace, but a sword. Christ did not mean that his coming was to produce this discord and contention, for he was the prince of peace. 
The expectation of the Jews was when the Messiah came, all the temporal prosperity would be gathered on the land. Jesus did not come for this purpose. But in his coming, one part of a family that was opposed to him would set themselves against those who believed in him. Look at the next verse and see what it says. For I came, for I come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be that they of his own household. Psalms 49 and 9 said, Yea, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, had lifted up his heel against me. It does not mean the foes will be of the household of faith, but those that live in the same house. There's more dispute among family members when it comes to Christ than there is in spiritual members. It is among relatives that there is different beliefs and religions. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Understand, Christ does not condemn natural love or affection. But our first and chief love must be bestowed upon him. The only way we know how to love others is learning how to love Christ first. He is the teacher of love. God is love. Whoever or whatever you love more than Christ is who will control you over the voice of Christ. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. You might find this a hard saying. If you are not ready to follow after my example, you don't deserve to be called my disciple. Or maybe this is easier to receive when he said, when you say it this way, he that does not accept and apply his teaching among men and become fully crucified to the world is not worthy of him. Verse 39 says, he that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Or he who for the sake of his temporal interests abandons his spiritual concerns shall lose eternal life. But he that is willing to risk or lose his comfort here for my sake shall find life everlasting. Whatever a man sacrifices to God is never lost for he finds it again in God. He that receives you receives me and he that receives me receive him that sent me. If they receive you, they receive Christ, which means they receive Father God. Verse 41 says, He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So he who receives and assists a minister of the gospel, because he does and helps in his ministry to do the Lord's will, he shall receive a prophet's reward in proportion to the labor done by his aid. It is however 
to be done in faith. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Let me close by sharing this in Hebrews 6, 10 through 11. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. My time is up, and I thank you for yours.